Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hi, I'm Joe Connolly of WCBS to introduce you to Randy Pierce president of the Chamber of Commerce in the fourth largest city in the country, Brooklyn, where apartments are now renting faster than in Manhattan. Randy Pierce, I'll ask you the question you love to talk about, I'm sure. Why is Brooklyn growing so fast? Well, I mean, Brooklyn's the center of the universe, of course, Joe. I mean, I don't know if you've heard, but um, but seriously, um, you know, Brooklyn has gone through this incredible transformation uh, it's taken us, you know, almost uh, 30 years, um, and a lot of it goes back to what I call the rebranding of Brooklyn. Uh, you know, quickly, the history here is that we were once an old manufacturing center for New York City. We're the fourth largest manufacturing center in the country after World War II, when we were producing battleships at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Uh, and then, like most industrial cities, we went in decline. Heavy manufacturing left, people left, they left to the suburbs. Uh, you know, we had a lot of empty space, particularly industrial space. Uh, we became uh, poorer as a place, uh, crime went up and things of that nature. Uh, but the good news was that we had one advantage over every other place in, uh, in New York City, every other borough. People knew Brooklyn. They knew, they, they knew where Brooklyn was. It had a bad uh, perception uh, attached to it back then, um, but they didn't have to point it out on a map. So a lot of what we did almost uh, 25, 30 years ago was we started to really see this transformation about who we are as a borough through a rebranding process, right? And uh, simply put, uh, what was once, you know, for example, uh, dangerous has became edgy and now it's hip, right? Like that's kind of how it, how it played out. Uh, and now every millennial that I know wants to do a tour of duty here in Brooklyn. We are a younger borough statistically than the other boroughs. Uh, we've grown our residential community significantly because we've taken a lot of that old industrial space and we've converted it into uh, residential. Uh, and people just love the live, work, and play vibe uh, that we've got going here in Brooklyn. What a great story you have to tell. What are the types of new businesses coming in? So tech is our fastest growing sector and we've, and people don't realize this, but we rival San Francisco in terms of new tech startups. Um, but it's, it's what I call little tech, it's not big tech. Big tech is the Googles and the Amazons and all the, the Facebooks that you know, and, and some of those companies are based in Manhattan. Uh, our techs, our tech, new tech startups, you know, we've got New Lab out at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. We've got uh, NYU Tandon's Future Lab. We've actually tried to cultivate tech through uh, these wonderful incubators. 
Uh, and tech is by far the fastest growing. A lot of that um, in northern Brooklyn communities of like Williamsburg, for example, Bushwick is becoming a hotbed for, for tech firms. Uh, these are new tech startups. These are, these are firms that, uh, you know, some will make it, some won't. Uh, but, but tech is the fastest growing. Now, in terms of employment, uh, healthcare uh, is still our largest sector by far. So, you know, we are the most populous borough. If you think about it, we've got almost 2.8 million people. Uh, and the more people you have, the more healthcare you need. And therefore, we've got, uh, you know, a significant driver of employment being the healthcare sector. Um, but we've got a lot of things in between. Our restaurant scene and our hospitality scene has grown significantly. We've got more hotels than ever before in Brooklyn because we've got more tourists who make their way to Brooklyn than ever before. Before COVID, we had 62 million visitors to New York, 15 million made it to, to Brooklyn because uh, they wanted to experience uh, this amazing uh, place that we call home. And, um, and with that, we've seen the growth in restaurants and tourism and hospitality and things of that nature. So there's a lot of great things happening with the economy. New York Times says we're leading the way out of COVID, uh, you know, from a, from a statistical perspective. We were not overly reliant on office workers coming back, so we had an advantage coming out of COVID. Uh, these are some of the, the positive drivers uh, with, New York, with Brooklyn's economy. Here's Neil with a couple of questions. Producer Neil A. Caruso. Neil. Thanks, Joe. Randy, good to see you again. So told us about the you know, best uh, businesses, the fastest growing businesses in the borough. I'm curious, though, what has surprised you about the pandemic recovery? So it's been uneven. Um, you know, you can be in certain neighborhoods and, uh, you know, things have slid backwards. Uh, and then in some communities, we've bounced back quickly and uh, we've come back stronger than ever. Overall, our real estate market uh, as, as I think uh, Joe had mentioned, uh, has bounced back. We've, we've got uh, rents are up again, and, and so is the cost of, of, of real estate and leasing, for example. Um, but the reality is, you know, you go to parts of, of southeastern Brooklyn, you know, we're doing a lot of work. That's Brooklyn Tea. Uh, Brooklyn Tea is, a, is an amazing business, uh, homegrown, husband and wife business. We've got a lot, of, uh, a lot of examples of that. But if you go to places like Southeast Brooklyn, we're still struggling. We had vacancy challenges prior to COVID, uh, and that's gotten a little bit worse. Uh, and then you've got communities, in, particularly in Northern and Central Brooklyn, that are booming. Bed-Stuy is booming. Bed-Stuy has truly become the epicenter uh, of the new Brooklyn economy. And the good news there um, is it stayed true to its character in terms of a lot of the new businesses that have started uh, are owned and operated uh, by entrepreneurs of color. And, you know, we've been very intentional uh, about that. And, um, you know, and, and that's, a good, that's a good sign. I've done more ribbon cuttings in my career in the last 15 months than I've ever done before. And that's a good, good positive sign. But it's been uneven, Neil. Uh, like I said, uh, it depends where, you, where, where we're talking in terms of the geography, but Brooklyn overall uh, has been better and stronger than any of the other boroughs. What about jobs? What, what are the best paying jobs right now? Well, tech, tech by far. Uh, business and professional services, which has grown. A lot of that driven by uh, independent consultants, um, you know, and solo uh, entrepreneurs. Um, so those are, those are still, uh, you know, once again, by in terms of numbers of jobs, they're not the highest, but in terms of the actual salaries, uh, those are those are the areas that we've seen a lot of uh, wage growth. By the way, overall, though, and the New York State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli uh, puts out a very good uh, data snapshot on the boroughs. And he put out Brooklyn's recently. 
Um, median household income from 2010 to 2019, it grew the, the fastest in Brooklyn, 58.8%. Uh, now, overall, our median income is still less than Manhattan, um, but we've grown the fastest. Uh, and that's a good positive sign. And a lot of that is driven by uh, these new creative economy jobs in tech, for example, um, and in business and professional services. Is there still a waiting list for businesses to get into the Brooklyn Navy Yard, Brandy? Yeah, they're, they're pretty much, uh, um, they've leased out. Uh, actually, I was with uh, their new president and CEO, uh, Lindsey Green, yesterday. We hosted our energy summit uh, at the Brooklyn Navy Yard at Dock 72. And, you know, and she confirmed that. She's like, you know, look, we, we're, we're fully leased out. Um, so if we're going to create more space, we're going to have to build up a little bit. Uh, and they've got some some good ambitious projects, uh, you know, that are going to come down the road. But but yes, but it's not just um, you know the Navy Yard anymore. It's Industry City, where I'm sitting right here. You know, Brooklyn Chamber moved its offices to Industry City a year ago. Uh, Six million square feet of former heavy industrial space, which has really truly been converted into this creative epicenter for Brooklyn's economy. Uh, and for us, it was a great move because I walk out my door and I'm touching my members: lilac chocolates, sahadis. Stumpy's Hatchet House. We throw hatchets and we have happy hour. I mean, it's it's an incredible place. Um, and then you've got tech firms here. You've got Porsche and Volvo, Porsche, I should say, and Volvo that just opened up showrooms here. You've got uh, the Brooklyn Nets have their training facility here. Uh, you've got some biotech firms that have really uh, come on the scene. Uh, right across the street is South Brooklyn Marine Terminal, where we're going to produce uh, wind turbines. Equinor, Norwegian-based company, is going to assemble these massive wind turbines so that they can be shipped out to the coast of Long Island and produce uh, uh, renewable energy. Uh, you've got Steiner Studios at Bush Terminal nearby that's going to open up, uh, is building its second full service uh, film production studio. A lot of things happening here uh, in Southwest Brooklyn, communities like Sunset Park. I've never heard anybody describe this much business growth in one area. Once again, to go back, what happened? Did Manhattan just get too expensive, too congested? What beyond rebranding led to all these companies you're talking about? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Uh, some of it is is more recent, right? So COVID had a disproportionate impact on Manhattan. Uh, office workers that have not yet even returned. I mean, the partnership for New York City just did a recent study. Only 8% of office workers have come back full time. That's an extraordinary number. Think about that. And uh, that hurts all the small businesses, for example, that uh, th that rely on those workers coming back. Uh, the second thing is tourism. So tourism, uh, we you know, we have this uh, hiatus in terms of tourism, although tourism has bounced back quite nicely uh, and that impacted uh, Manhattan uh, more disproportionately. Uh, but the other thing is, is just that, you know, yeah, pricing was one thing for sure, Joe, but but the, just the, 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 the vibe here in Brooklyn, it's live, work, and play, whereas in Manhattan, it tended to be more, uh, you know, work and play. And, you know, when you have that mixed-use character, and by the way, it's good, this is a good example, Joe. Our downtown, downtown Brooklyn, um, has shown amazing resiliency, in, you know, through COVID, much more so than the financial district and Midtown because it was already mixed use in character, right? Now we didn't plan it that way. If you, if you go back, you know, 10 years ago, downtown Brooklyn rezoning was supposed to be so that we could become the back office Mecca for a lot of the firms in Manhattan. But what played out was that we had a robust residential market uh, that, that sprung up 
you know, we've got our own skyline now in downtown Brooklyn. But when COVID hit, uh, we had a residential community that was already in place that helped sustain a lot of the businesses that were operating through the pandemic, a lot of the essential businesses in downtown Brooklyn. We had some uh, anchor tenants too, like Trader Joe's, uh, Target at City Point. So we actually were drawing people into our downtown where the other downtowns, the ones in Manhattan were like ghost towns. And, and so mixed use matters. I like to say this a lot, but yeah. mixed use matters. And it gives that sense of a true sort of holistic community. And I think that's part of the rebranding story. When people think about Brooklyn, they think about history, they think about live, work, play, they think about the vibe, and they think about, yeah, that's where I wanna be because it's the future. Yeah. Interesting. Randy, are most jobs in Brooklyn hybrid now? And is that helping the local shops and restaurants? Yeah, so ironically, yes. I mean, if you're working from home, you're gonna be shopping, you're more likely to shop locally, right? And we are the most populous borough. So we have more people that are at home in their communities uh, and that helps our small businesses. Um, so yes, the, 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 the truth of that is, is yes. Look, I, I will say we need Manhattan to bounce back. We need office workers to come back uh, if we're gonna have a full recovery for New York City as a whole. So I'm, 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 I, I say that with sort of these mixed emotions because uh, it's good for Brooklyn in some cases, but we do need the city uh, to bounce back. And there are three factors that are still very much challenges as we move forward that are impacting businesses across the board. The first is uh, rent arrears, right? We've got about a third of our businesses that owe back rent, some form of back rent, some of it going back to 2020. And, you know, we just lifted the evictions moratorium January 15th of this year. So we're working through this process of how are we going to reconcile these small, mostly small businesses that owe back rent? That's number one. Uh, number two, we still have a soft labor market. It's bounced back somewhat in this last quarter, but we still have industries and sectors that can't get uh, uh, enough employees, restaurants and hospitality, uh, in particular, early childhood education. We can't, you know, and, and by the way, if we don't have enough childcare slots, then other people can't get back to work. So, so there are definitely still some challenges within the labor market. But the third thing is, you know, we were facing supply chain uh, shortages and now uh, some of those supply chain shortages are, are really impacting inflation, right? So th this is gonna be the sort of new challenge moving forward, uh, how we're gonna tackle uh, inflation, what that's gonna mean for our uh, residential uh, market, for example. Um, but the supply chain issues, we were seeing that um, as, as, as early as late last year. I mean, everything from light bulbs and screws in our local hardware stores to, you know, luxury cars, you know, I mean, we, and everything in between. Uh, and now we're starting to see the price pressures uh, because of some of that. Yeah. Randy, well, real quick before we get back to Joe and then we'll wrap up here. Mm -hmm. um, let me ask you about inflation. Do you anticipate that impacting the labor market in Brooklyn? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to impact uh, discretionary spending. Uh, and I think that that will ultimately impact uh, the labor market. Right. Um, and, and, and I would say that because, you know, truthfully, you know, we've got this strange little balancing that we're trying to, to, to sort of work on right now where we weren't having enough people reenter the, the labor market, although the people were here. Uh, and, and now we're going to have these price pressures pushing up and, and, and people are going to be less inclined, uh, for example, to want to spend. So, so it, it, it could certainly long term uh, very much impact the labor market. 
What will happen with the 24-story tower being built in downtown Brooklyn? Will that be filled? What do you think will happen around there, Randy? Um, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, like I said, our, our market our, has held up a lot better than other parts of the city. Um, and I think our downtown has a very particular attraction. Uh, the Downtown Brooklyn Partnership, led by my friend Regina Meyer, has done an extraordinary job building this sense of community that extends beyond just you know the commercial space. Uh, it's the residential community, it's the retail sector, it's the restaurant. You know, Gage and Tolner is back, and they're doing really, really well. You know, there's just so much happening uh, in our downtown, and and I think if uh, if a company's choosing between you know Manhattan and Brooklyn, uh, you know, they're really uh, seriously considering Brooklyn uh, as the better alternative. Once again, I, I, I say it with a, with a heavy heart sometimes because I also don't want to see our friends in Manhattan suffer. Yeah, that's a very proud uh, summary that you give and also uh, uh, realistic and balanced with the problems as well. And I uh, just want to uh, close with a shout out to some people you know. I do some uh, programs sometimes with the Brooklyn Public Library. And they are great at helping businesses start up. You mentioned Brooklyn Tea. I think they actually came out of the uh, Brooklyn Public Library incubator. So business owners, the Brooklyn Public Library, as well as the Chamber of Commerce, are two uh, great places to start. And when you talk about the rebranding of Brooklyn, I remember years ago, the first one uh, was great. It was just in big, bold letters, made in Brooklyn. That's all you had to say. Yeah, and listen, I'm made in Brooklyn too. And uh, and I gotta tell you, I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, it's been the most extraordinary life experience to grow up here. Uh, and that's why I love doing what I do, Joe and Neil, because this is this is truly an amazing place. And uh, and it's got so much richness. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, more and more people will experience that moment forward. And the tourists can get there by just walking across the bridge. Mermaid Parade, by the way, I was at the Mermaid Parade this last weekend. We finally came back after two years. Packed. They had the most entries in the Mermaid Parade than they ever had before. Like, we, we are bouncing back. Things are bouncing back. For sure. That's great to hear. Yeah. Thanks, Randy. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.